In the spring of 2017, a police corruption scandal rocked the city of Baltimore. And at the heart of it was an elite undercover unit called the Gun Trace Task Force. American Scandal is a podcast from Wondery that takes you deep into the most infamous scandals in American history. From presidential lies to environmental disasters and corporate fraud. Their new season looks at a Baltimore police unit that was supposed to get guns off the street and reduce violence in the country, but they operated with little oversight and instead became a breeding ground for rogue cops. We on The Gist actually had a documentarian and the prosecutor who went after them. The new Wondery program goes further. Federal officials undercovered a team that was abusing the gun task force's power leading to the officers being charged with robbery, extortion, fraud, and selling drug seized during police operations. Some were quick to dismiss the arrest as a case of a few bad apples, but an investigation would later reveal a culture of corruption that was systemic within the Baltimore PD and had been for a long time. You are about to hear a preview of American Scandal. While you're listening, follow American Scandal on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's March 2016 in Baltimore, Maryland. Sergeant Wayne Jenkins sits behind the wheel of an unmarked police car, scanning the sidewalk as he drives down a residential street in the northwest section of the city. It's mid-afternoon, And outside Jenkins' window, all he can see are local kids walking home from school while some older folks in the neighborhood sit on porches watching the cars go by. It all looks perfectly quaint. But Jenkins knows that in the city of Baltimore, things aren't always what they seem. Jenkins is the leader of an elite plainclothes unit within the Baltimore Police Department. Unlike most cops, Jenkins and his team don't have to wear uniforms or respond to 911 calls. Instead, they go out into the streets looking for signs of illegal activity. And when Jenkins is leading the mission, the team usually finds what they're looking for. And after a couple of blocks, Jenkins spots something. Up ahead, a black man in his mid to late 30s is getting into a minivan with a backpack slung over his shoulder. In Jenkins' experience, any man over 18 wearing a backpack is suspicious. So Jenkins radios to the other officers on his team, it's go time. Trailing behind Jenkins is a second car filled with the other officers on his team. And at the sound of Jenkins' signal, they speed toward the minivan and block it in from the back. Jenkins follows, blocking it in from the front. Officers spring out of the second car, swarming the minivan while Jenkins watches from the sidelines. Within two minutes, two officers signal they've got a hit. One officer holds a giant bag of cocaine in the air. The other holds up thousands of dollars in cash. Jenkins grins. They've clearly picked up a major dealer. Now it's his job to pressure this dealer into naming his supplier. Jenkins loves his job. Jenkins walks over to the minivan, his broad shoulders straining against his t-shirt. He's in his mid-thirties with a wide face and close-cropped brown hair. He nods to one of the other members of his team, indicating for him to put the driver in the backseat of the van. Another officer hands Jenkins the man's wallet and car registration. Jenkins studies them as he climbs into the back seat next to the dealer. Jenkins slides the door of the van shut and pulls out the driver's license from the man's wallet. 
Mr. O'Reese Stevenson. Am I saying that right? Yes, sir. Oh, good, good. Mr. Stevenson, my name's Wayne Jenkins. I'm a federal agent. Jenkins isn't a federal agent, but he frequently tells drug dealers that he is to pressure them into flipping on their suppliers. I, th- I thought you were BPD. No, I'm a Fed. I knew this deal was going down today because it came across on a wiretap. But here's the thing. We don't really care about you. You're not the target of our investigation. We want your connect. Oh, I'm no snitch. Yeah, everyone says that at first. But you're looking at serious time. How about I ask you a different way? If you were going to rob a drug dealer, who would you choose? Oh, no, I'm not playing this game. Okay, all right, fine. Don't want to help yourself out? That's your choice. Let me ask you something else. What's your address? 4100 Heathfield? Did you just lie to me? Because that's not what the car registration says. Huh? Huh? Fine. All right, don't answer me. It doesn't matter because we have your house keys. We're going to go over to your house, your real house, and we're going to search it. Oh, what? My child's mother is there. Don't arrest her. Is there a reason we would arrest her? There's probably some coke at the house. And how much? A few kilos? What's a few? Three? Four? I don't know. Seven or eight? Jenkins' eyebrows raise. That's a serious amount of cocaine. Any guns? Cash? Yeah, in the safe? All right, well, thank you for that information. I'm going to call my supervisor, and we're going to execute the search warrant. Jenkins steps out of the van and pulls his cell phone from his jeans pocket, but he does not call his supervisor. As Jenkins walks away from the car, he scrolls through his contacts until he finds the number for Donnie Stepp. Stepp has been a friend of Jenkins since childhood. He also moonlights as a drug dealer. So when Stepp answers the phone, he and Jenkins agree to a scheme, one that's going to yield a lot of money for both of them. This isn't the first time Jenkins has done this. Nor is he the only one in the Baltimore PD with the same idea. A lot of guys in his department have been making a lot of money with side deals like this. And they've even gotten department commendations along the way. But Jenkins feels confident that as long as they all play it safe and continue to produce arrests for the department, there's nothing that can take them down. 